Chapter 10 of Homecraft Rugs, Their Historic Background, Romance of Stitchery, and Method of Making by Lydia LeBaron Walker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Joanne Turner. Turkey Work Carpets. Chapter 10 references plates 3 and 5, which may be viewed in the online version of the book. After the lapse of two centuries, Turkey work is enjoying a renaissance, the previous revival having been in the 18th century. It is reputed to be the first needle embroidery devised to duplicate the pile of oriental carpets. Turkey carpets was the original name by which these rugs were known in England. Travelers and traders who went to the Orient brought back tales of the gorgeous textiles, together with occasional rugs, though at just what date this practice began it is impossible to ascertain, as authorities differ. It would appear that pile carpets did not enter Western Europe until the 14th century, and it was not until the 18th that they took any conspicuous place as floor coverings. There is a pretty story, accorded to be fact, to the effect that Oriental carpets were introduced into England when Catherine of Aragon went from Spain to become a royal bride. Her brother fitted up the special suite for his youthful sister in the palace, and the magnificence of it has sounded through the centuries. Together with other appurtenances, he had oriental rugs imported to impress the English with the glories of the Spanish court and supply the sort of lavish setting which he deemed worthy of his royal sister. Early in her career, Queen Catherine turned her attention to embroidery, for which her native country was then so justly famous, and eventually she became one of the most notable of the group of queens who excelled in needlework. Once, when on trial as the first queen of Henry VIII, she was so hastily summoned before Parliament sitting in judgment that there were about her neck colorful strands of the embroidery silk which she had but lately been employing. Queen Catherine's embroideries proved the solace of those unhappy days, as they had been the delight of her happy ones. Since turkey work had then begun to appear, it is possible, though not certain, that Queen Catherine may have employed the stitch. It will serve to fix the date of the invention of this form of embroidery in the minds of Americans, in particular to recall the fact that Queen Isabella, under whose patronage Columbus discovered America, was the mother of this English queen. As early as 1549, inventories recorded board carpets and foot carpets of turkey work, old and worn. It is not surprising that the exquisite oriental carpets fired the imagination of art connoisseurs and craftsmen, and that they immediately sought to discover the stitchery and reproduce its effect. So closely upon the appearance of these carpets did English turkey carpets spring into existence that in 1570 is found the carpet of Lord Verulam, known throughout the world in the realm of needlecraft. Its typical Elizabethan pattern proclaims it to be the work of English craftsmen, skilled in a manner to bespeak long practice. The conclusion is not to be drawn that turkey carpets were needle stitchery on a finished textile, 
for mention is made of the warp being of hempen cord. This reference to a warp indicates that the knots were tied directly upon it, and that a weft was woven every few rows, as in oriental rug craft. This method of making the earliest type of turkey work cannot have differed in any appreciable way from the work in the Far East, for the knot in both is that known as gourds. It was the process of making the knots and the duplication of the stitchery in turkey carpets that was responsible for the name turkey work in English. In England, Ireland, and France, carpets continue to be made to this day in practically the same workmanship, though they are not called by the same name, but are known as hand-tufted carpets. The gourds knot is used as in turkey carpets. The prices that these carpets command put them beyond the reach of any but the wealthy. Nowhere have I found the cost less than $40 a yard, and from this the prices soar to $260 a square yard for the rare Savonnerie carpets and rugs. Yet it lies within the power of home craft rug makers to produce like effects in turkey work done on canvas with no more expenditure of time than required for other compact stitchery. Turkey work was originally embroidered on a coarse and very strong hempen textile resembling burlap, which latter fabric, however, is of jute and not of like durability. The old textile was not meshed, and the work had to be done on carefully counted threads. A high grade of burlap can be used now, but a rug maker would scarcely choose it when meshed linen canvas is available. This is the recognized textile appropriate to turkey work in the present Renaissance. On it, the embroidery can progress much more rapidly, as the threads are already counted and divided by spaces for stitches. Today, the term turkey work is definitely associated with embroidery done on the warp of canvas, preferably that woven with two threads in each crossbar. Although done on a previously woven textile and not on the warp threads of one in the process of making, the knot is the same. It is well to remember that the term turkey work has a double technical significance. In antique turkey work, the pile is short, oftentimes being no longer than that on many genuine Turkish rugs. By examining these textiles, the comparative shortness, even of those known as having a deep pile, is immediately recognized. Attention is especially directed to this feature, as there is an erroneous tendency in modern turkey work to have the pile much too long. Apart from the fact that these long strands are not true to type, there is a definite disadvantage in having them so, as the pattern is not brought out with the same clearness in a long pile fabric as in a short. Fortunately, the short pile is just as easy to fashion. Incidentally, it may be mentioned that a modern piece of turkey work, with its shaggy pile, can be distinguished at a glance from an antique. There is no reason, however, why modern work cannot acquire the rare beauty of antique carpets when colors are wisely chosen, the stitch correct, the pile not too long, and the pattern consistent with antique examples.
There are many sources from which designs may be drawn, from Turkish rugs direct, from Elizabethan patterns, and other Old English patterns. One turkey work chair in the Boston Museum of Fine Arts is in bold floral design in softened tones of red, some of which shade to pink, and are intermingled with blue, lemon yellow, green, both in yellowish and bluish shades, and black, the latter almost gone. That it should be is not strange, for black is an unstable color, even in old oriental rugs, the dyes supposedly being the cause for its giving out before the other colors. This English chair referred to is of the period of James II. It is described thus fully as it indicates one type of appropriate pattern, together with colors suitable to modern turkey work. In some of the old inventories, specific patterns are mentioned, some of which date back to Henry VIII. These include cowcumbers, cabbages, traffles, trifoils, and pyramids, the last a design much in evidence in the period of James I. The stitch of turkey work consists merely of two short backstitches, so worked that together they form a gourd's knot taken through canvas or some other suitable textile. The simplicity of the stitch makes it easy to understand how little children of the Orient can make rugs, tying the knots as readily as do adults. With equal ease can the homecraft rug maker fashion rugs that reproduce a like fineness of texture and pile. If she so chooses, identical patterns can be worked. Each knot stitch is as separate in the canvas turkey work as in a genuine Turkish carpet made in the Far East. Penelope canvas in size double ot is excellent for the foundation for modern rugs. Each completed knot stitch covers two threads and occupies one bar of the two-threaded weave. If a larger stitch is preferred, use a finer canvas, single ot, and have each completed stitch occupy a width of two bars and be taken with double strands of yarn. This does not make the pile any coarser because the yarn is equally fine. While the stitchery progresses faster, it requires some added care to keep both strands even. Extra size yarn, known as rug yarn, may be used, but does not give as beautifully fine a pile. There should be as many large, blunt, cruel needles for the work as there are colors of yarn in the pattern. Before starting to embroider, thread as many needlefuls of different colors as will be needed in the rows to be made. Do not attempt to use only one needle and thread and re-thread it with each change of colored yarn. Start the stitchery in the lower left-hand corner of the rug pattern and work in consecutive rows, always from left to right, until the final stitch is set in the upper right-hand corner. The rug will have a close, rich pile. To make the stitch of turkey work, take the two back stitches over warp threads between the same rows of weft or along the same lines of holes in the canvas. The first stitch is taken about a left-hand warp thread or bar of canvas 
and the second about a similar thread or bar on the right. The stitch begins and ends in the identical hole. The transverse stitch comes across and above the two ends, which ends form the pile. To ensure this horizontal transverse stitch always lying across the top, the yarn must always be below the needle when the left hand stitch is taken and above the needle when the right hand stitch is taken. This order cannot be neglected, for thus only is the knot formed. By examining the diagram showing the gourd's knot and the turkey work knot stitch, their duplication is apparent. An end of yarn must be left below the stitch when begun and again when finished. These two ends form the pile, and they should be as long as the pile is to be deep. In turkey work, it is not necessary to cut the yarn after each stitch is completed unless the pattern calls for a change in color. Consecutive stitches can be taken by allowing the yarn to remain in a loop between one stitch and the next, the length of the loop being equal to the depth of the pile. When the loops are cut through the center, half of each loop strand will form a strand of pile in the knot stitch next it, and each knot will be a separate entity. The depth of the rug pile may be anywhere from 3 eighths to 1 half inch, according to the size of the yarn and coarseness of the canvas. It can be accurately gauged by having the ends of stitches, or the loops between them, always extend as low as some special row of weft threads in the canvas. Or a gauge, technically known as a mesh, may be employed and each loop be taken over it. If the mesh is used, it is held flat against the canvas with the top touching the line along which the stitches are being taken. Originally, the English mesh had a knife blade fitted into one end. After the stitches taken over it in a row were completed, the blade was brought into use at the bottom of the loop and the yarn automatically cut as the mesh was withdrawn. For present-day rug craft, the mesh has been revived, although its name is varied, sometimes being called a stitch gauge, again a rug stick, etc. A narrow ruler or a steel such as corsetiers use, can be substituted for a regulation mesh if one is not available. The pile is cut by running a sharp knife through the loops several at a time and drawing it out so that it severs the loop ends. Shears can be used in the same way by running one blade through the loops and cutting many at once. When the loops have been evenly and accurately gauged and cut, the pile requires no more evening off than can be done by snipping off any ends that are higher than the rest. There is practically no waste of yarn. The salvages of early English turkey carpets were in plain weave, turned back and sewed on the underside of the rug. If the canvas foundation of turkey work rugs of today is turned back, it must be covered with a flat tape, felled down along each edge. The weave of canvas is too loose to be left uncovered. Another way to finish edges is to turn back the canvas for three rows of holes, making the turning along the pattern edge. 
baste in position, and take the knot stitches of the embroidery through both thicknesses. To do this, the canvas must be turned back evenly so that the holes are over one another. The ends of rugs should be finished in one of these ways. They may also have fringe using the yarn of the stitchery in some one of the neutral colors for the purpose. Another excellent finish is given the rug ends by braiding the yarn strands pulled through the canvas before it is turned back. These fine braids are found on some Turkish rugs. When fringe is to be made, one extra row of holes should be allowed for it at each end, below the line of the pattern, before the canvas is turned back. There are several pile stitches that can be employed in rug craft on canvas, but none that has the historic background of the stitch of turkey work. Single knot stitch, also called Smyrna stitch, is exactly like turkey work stitch. It is so termed for the reason that oriental rugs came to be known as Smyrna rugs in England, after the former name turkey carpets fell into disuse. Single Maltese stitch is also identical with that of turkey work, but it is made with many strands of rather fine thread as a medium, and so assumes the character of wee tassels rather than knotted stitchery. Double Maltese stitch and double Smyrna stitch are actually two knot stitches taken one above the other. In making the knot, carry the yarn under the yarn end left at the beginning of the stitch, and in repeating the stitch, let the yarn form the transverse or retaining stitch across the top of all the stitches. When the loop is cut, there are four strands of pile instead of two. The space left between rows of stitches is twice that between single knot stitches. Therefore, the work progresses as rapidly with the double as with the single knot stitches after the knack is acquired. There are other stitches known as tassel stitch, plush stitch, fringe stitch, etc., any of which can be used if the rug maker so chooses. The pile can be cut when the stitch is knotted or is sufficiently firm. Otherwise, it should form a loop pile. All the rugs described are of ancient origin, but there is a new one that comes from Australia with a knotted pile made through canvas. It is constructed with a latch needle, similar to the latch hook needle used in the manufacturer of knitted goods. As it can be made as adequately with a crochet hook, this is the tool of construction here considered. Those familiar with stitchery will immediately recognize this stitch as archaic chain stitch, worked by the primitive people with a hooked needle through a fabric. In the modern work, canvas, with its conveniently spaced meshes, takes the place of the plain textile. The wool yarn medium is cut into very short lengths. As each stitch is taken separately, a pile surface results and the whole is reminiscent of hooked rug craft. But there is a difference of approach. Since the stitch harks back to chain stitch, worked with the medium above the foundation, while hooked work comes through tambour work, in which the medium is held beneath the foundation. 
Each stitch must be taken in the same direction, which may be horizontal or diagonal. The Australian stitches the former and is taken about the warp, the medium passing through the holes in a horizontal row for each succeeding line of stitchery. While this same order may be followed, the diagonal stitch has proved more satisfactory to the rider. It is the one used in the rug section illustrated. In this, each stitch is taken diagonally across the square formed where warp and weft are interwoven. The pile surface is exquisite, but no less so than the underside, which displays even rows of what appear to be tent stitches, often called half cross stitches. See sampler C, plate 3, and sampler B, plate 5. To make one of these rugs, lay the foundation on a table so that the canvas is smooth and flat. Turn over the upper and lower edges to the depth of three rows of holes, which must come precisely over the ones beneath them, based with large stitches. If the sides are selvages, they can be left without turning over onto the front of the canvas, but if not, they also should be so turned and basted. The outer rows of stitches are taken through the doubled canvas, supplying extra durability and a fine finish to the rug edges. The yarn should be used in double strands for the two outer rows, increasing their strength still further. Place little piles of yarn, cut into two-inch lengths, on top of the canvas, having the colors such as will be needed for the rows of stitchery to be taken. The pattern should be in full view of the rug maker. Start the stitchery in the lower left-hand corner of the canvas. Double one or two strands, according to the row being worked, and insert the crochet hook under the loop. Put the hook through the second hole in the first row of holes and bring it up through the first hole in the second row, that is the one nearest the left-hand edge of the canvas. Catch the yarn, which is held by the finger and thumb of the left hand, and draw the ends through both holes and through the looped yarn. By this operation, the ends of yarn are tied in a knot and also simultaneously released. The upstanding ends of yarn form a pile stitch. Continue to make row after row of such knot-tied pile stitches until the entire rug surface is covered with them in the colors determined by the pattern. If the rug is to be kept true to oriental type, the design must of course be oriental. Motifs from genuine oriental rugs can be copied readily by counted stitches if the rug is turned wrong side up and the design is taken off on drafting cross-stitch paper. Keep the pattern simple using a few motifs. Gain variety by transposing colors in different motifs. Avoid numerous colors. Study oriental rug tones and note the few that are used and the wide variety in effect that these Eastern people get in the way described. The beauty of the underside of the rug makes one hesitant to hide it under a lining, but linings have the advantage of saving the rub of stitches against hard floors. 
the tread is softened and the wear is lessened. Denim makes an excellent lining if one is used, as turkey carpets, when genuine, are never lined, and those of turkey work are as often found without as with linings, the rug maker has her preference as guide. After the rugs are sheared, in whatever stitchery they are fashioned, remove the fuzz with a rotary motion of the palms, pressing them gently but firmly against the pile. This pressure promotes felting and adds a fine surface finish. It will be remembered that part of the process of treating an oriental carpet to impart a silky sheen is to run it between heavy rollers that are heated, while the hand pressure combined with the warmth of the palms under the slight friction cannot be expected to supply any comparable finish, it does bring out the beauty of the design and add a certain fineness to the finish and clearness to the colors. This is partly because it brushes away straggling tips of yarn and partly because it eliminates the fuzz. It is to be expected that all of these exquisitely fine sheared yarn rugs will shed somewhat for a time after they are made. Genuine oriental carpets do the same. In all of these rugs, thrift may be exercised by using yarn raveled from knit and crocheted articles. The yarn should be straightened before using if it is crinkly. Otherwise, an even pile is impossible to attain and no rugs except those made to imitate some types of fur rugs should have anything but straight pile. Such fur effects can be gained in ravel knit pile, in which strips are one and one-half or one and three-quarters inches wide and are in natural wool tones. All oriental pile should be straight. To take the kinks out of previously used yarn, wet it, and wind it into a ball while damp. An even better method is to wind the yarn loosely over a thin board, such as a shingle, for the strands will be kept taut and straight as they dry. In all the various pile rugs described, however excellent each may be, there is none that has the prestige in rug craft that belongs to turkey carpets, for in them the gourd's knot is actually fashioned through canvas. Notwithstanding all the centuries that have passed since this stitch was evolved, it alone remains the perfect reproduction of oriental pile knot in embroidery. It has come into its own again with the revival of interest in all types of handmade rugs. With it, choice replicas of knot-tied rugs can be made at home. Their cost need be no barrier, as has been demonstrated. Rugs of turkey work are for the finest rooms of a house, however spacious it may be, or however handsomely furnished, for by right of beauty of craftsmanship, they belong with genuine oriental carpets. End of chapter 10